0: Oh, and welcome back to now screaming episode 105 i'm santa claus <laughs> i don't know what to say i didn't know you're gonna do that no it's just me evan culbert <laughs> and i'm Liz smart <laughs> and we're watching all the horror movies currently available for your holiday excitement
1: uh and we're watching them so you don't have to <laughs>
0: This week, we are doing the original Black Christmas, which is available on Peacock, Criterion Channel, and Shudder. Mm Mm-hmm. And maybe Tubi as well. Uh, This is the 1974 Black Christmas, directed by Bob Clark. Came out October 1974, not around Christmas time. That's so funny. Bob Clark, of course, I don't think we're going to talk about him too much on this episode, um, famously went on to... At the time, he was just making low-budget Canadian horror movies. He made movies like, oh, I don't know. A Christmas Story, and Porky's, and the Baby Geniuses
1: movies. That's absolutely wild. I didn't know that, actually. That's insane.
0: He's got Christmas in his bones.
1: And, like, weird family d- dynamics, I feel like.
0: Vulgar comedy.
1: Yeah. Not not the vibe of this at all, I would say.
0: So, I've seen this movie before. I'm a big fan. Liz, uh, this was your first time?
1: Yeah, I'd never seen it. Ironically, have seen the, O's oh, uh, four, six, six. 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 I've seen the 06 and I've seen the 2019. Um, Hated them both miserably. Just awful, awful experiences for completely different reasons, which is so funny. We'll talk about that at the end. Absolutely. Um, But I loved this so much. Loved it. Um, My experience was very unique. Not to this movie, I think, probably, but unique to horror movies in general, I would say.
0: Yeah, I cannot recommend enough that, again, if you like 70s slashers, you should watch this. Absolutely. It's...
1: Especially right now in the Christmas vibes. Oh,
0: absolutely. Like if, if Santa didn't bring you the murder you're looking for, make your own Christmas with Black Christmas. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's like I'm doing radio spots for it.
1: You are. <laughs> you sound like you're advertising it in 1974.
0: So I love this movie. It's about a sorority house who is being plagued by obscene phone calls and murders, and the police and men around the sorority house who don't take them seriously. Yeah,
1: <laughs> a lot of um police incompetence going on in this movie, I would say. It's like my one of my first and final notes I took was just police incompetence.
0: Yeah, this movie's about impotent male rage, for sure. Yeah, just
1: all of the ways in which like men don't listen to women, and then when they do, it's like, then they're like, we have to be these heroes, and... Whatever is being done is being done sort of at the expense of and to
0: the detriment of these women. Yeah. Should we talk about these women? Yeah, definitely. Let's hop in. So Olivia Hussey is Jess. She's... British? Yeah, she's got that like mid-Atlantic accent going on. She has a funny...
1: There was a point where I was like, I don't... I can't tell if this is on purpose or if this is just like how this woman talks, but she's like like your typical kind of um, final girl. She's like a nice, nice girl. She's nice to everybody.
0: You say typical final girl, I will try not to just reiterate it over and over again. This is 74. This is before slashers exist. Sure. This being the prototype for, I mean, Halloween, which we'll talk about, but like everything that comes after is kind of incredible.
1: Yeah. And I guess she's she's actually not your typical final girl in that like her storyline is not as like pure and virginal as they, they typically no, are. No, she
0: is pregnant and wants an abortion. Yeah.
1: But she's very nice. I think she's very kind. That's, that's another tenet I think that is a part of the, being a final girl is like being a good person to the people around you. And I think she is. I think that she's really nice to her sorority sisters and she tries to manage her like very angry boyfriend, piano boyfriend, piano boyfriend with a lot of like grace and maturity that he does not return.
0: Well, I think that she's especially nice compared to Barb played by Margot Kidder. <laughs> yes, Barb is who... the worst. <laughs> Margot Kidder, I mean... I don't know what she's most famous for. She's in the original Amityville Horror... Um, she's in the original Superman.
1: That's what I know her
0: best from is Lois Lane. Yeah. I would say she's a pretty big star for this for movie. For sure.
1: I actually, when it started, I thought she was going to be the main character because she's like, we see her talking to her mom and she's kind of...
0: She has a lot of opinions. Yes. she's very to hear them.
1: Yeah, very vocal at first. Um, But then she becomes very much, I think, more just kind of the mean friend.
0: I mean, she's an icon. Let's be real. Oh, she for rules. sure. Like, oh yeah, she's great. This character of Barb is...
1: But she's nasty. Amazing. She's a mean, mean lady. Because she's... Like, I think where Jess really falls in the middle of, like, she's got a lot going on and she's very real. Um, Barb is, like, really caustic. And then, what's, what's the... Phyllis? No, the other one. The one who, it all sort of, her father comes in. Claire. Claire. I was thinking Agnes for some reason. Well, not for some reason, because of the movie. Claire is super innocent and, like, I don't know that I'd call her, like, sweet. But she's just, like, um, what's the word? Sort of, like... Dismayed at Barb's um, Barb's Accidity? yeah vulgarity callous, vulgarity is a good one um, and like and her, how passe she is about the phone calls they start to receive yeah. that when they when we hear the first one they're all sort of gathered around the phone and Barb is like totally brushing it off she's like whatever it's kind of funny whatever and then Claire is really like horrified and dismayed and. Takes it more to heart than Barb does. I think they're like opposite ends of the spectrum.
0: Try not to spend too much time on the cast, but Lynn Griffin plays Claire, which is not a name that I knew, but she was in Curtains, which we covered. We covered this on podcast. this podcast. <laughs> so just uh to...
1: Also, one more thing. Um, Andrea Martin, one of her first roles. She's also an icon. She's Phil. Yeah, yeah. She's Phil. Um, it was amazing to see her. I was staring at all of them in the beginning going, do I know these women or... Do 70s women just all kind of look like this? And then I looked at MDB and I was like, oh no, I do know all of these women. I've seen them all in something. <laughs> like, yeah. that's very fun.
0: And the main the main men in the cast, just while we're going through the cast, Keir Delia, I've never known how to say it. He's the the star of 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah, he's
1: shitty piano boyfriend.
0: He's shitty piano boyfriend. John Saxon, Nancy's dad from Nightmare on Elm Street. And also, like, I mean, a legitimate legend. We lost him either last year or the year before. Yeah, um, But like, he's... I think this is either the same time or the year after he was in Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee. Oh my God. So just like, he is living.
1: I love him. He's so handsome. He's so good.
0: I love him. And Art Hindle, who is not very famous, is um, Claire's boyfriend. Uh, he mm-hmm. has such an iconic square jaw. Yes. And I know him best from David Cronenberg's The Brood, which is another, you know, horror movie, a Canadian mm-hmm. horror movie, a low budget 70s Canadian horror movie mid-budget probably, but point being that the network of talent in this 1974 movie is pretty incredible.
1: Absolutely surprising. I was not expecting, uh, it to be like this when we started it. Speaking of this first phone call, I do want to say, um, I was so taken aback by this moment in the movie because up to this point, like when it's a very interesting way that it starts where we're in the POV of the killer. We don't know that yet, but in the POV of, a heavy breathing man um, who is sneaking into their house. We see him walking around outside as like they're partying and then sneaking into the... Does he go to the attic or is it the basement window that he goes through? He climbs the trellis. So he goes to, to the, to the attic. attic. So he's in the attic. And I was like, I'm really scared. Like I was really like, I felt really alarmed by this. It's incredible. Which is work. very... Well, this is very unusual for me. I don't feel like... I feel like we've... I've, I'm a little desensitized to these things now, especially when a movie starts. Yeah that I was like, oh my God, I feel really taken aback by how frightened I am. Is, am I just like in a, like, did I just have a bad day? Am I really on edge for some reason? And then this phone call happens and I was like, oh no. Now I understand that this is a genuinely, deeply frightening movie and everything about it is unbelievably expertly done. To terrify you, and this phone call. We'll do we want to talk
0: about the phone calls yet. Yes, okay. we can talk,
1: about we can start talking about them. It sent me like I was so scared. I was watching this movie, like not expecting to feel this way, just li- genuine terror.
0: Yeah, I uh, whatever we say is not going to do justice. We will no. say some of the words and the phrases, but um, I'll feel weird even saying them. I don't even want to say. I don't
1: even want to say them because they just feel they they do feel so obscene.
0: Yeah, but they're so obscene. The way that they're said, the way that the the, yes. the caller is like modulating voices from yes. like a, something low to something high, having conversations with himself, yeah. saying something.
1: Whispering like, and then...
0: Uh, snarling. Yeah,
1: spitting, moaning. She at first... She, when, when, gurgling we, at some point. Yes, when, we, when she first picks up the phone, she says something like, it's the moaner. So that's what I was expecting. And then it's like, Yes, he sure does moan. He does so many other horrifying noises and voices that I was just, like, on the floor. It's yeah. so scary. It's so the, alarming.
0: The This is a scary movie. I really agree. Like, it's actually extremely effective. And I think that these phone calls are, like, at the core of that. That they're just, they're perfect. Yeah. They're actually dubbed in post because... I did see that. Bob Clark didn't want the actors to be exposed to that because... You wanted the reaction to and be he like less. And yet exposed
1: me to it. What the fuck, Bob Clark?
0: <laughs> but they really are so upsetting that like I can see the actors not being able to like hold it together. Oh my god, no,
1: especially if you didn't know it was coming. Um, apparently he, he was saying alarming things to them, but I guess he toned it down for when, when they were actually yeah. listening to them.
0: The, the first phone call ends, we should say, with um, Barb chewing out the moaner. Yes. And in a normal voice, just says, I'm going to kill you, and then hangs up. Which is just Not good, so troubling.
1: Very bad. Very upsetting.
0: He kills Claire. He does. She's our we're, first we're kill. Moving, Immediately, to the yeah. yeah. He's yeah. hiding behind a garment bag. And uh, she's packing for Christmas because her father's going to pick her up the next day. Mm-hmm. And uh,
1: he suffocates her with the garment bag.
0: With the garment bag and takes her to the attic. And that's the iconic um, poster image.
1: Yes, I didn't realize until that watching this movie that that's what the image was. <laughs> I've always seen something else when I look at it. I don't know why. So actually realizing this time, like, oh, yep, that's the rocking chair that he puts her in. Yeah. With that bag over her face. Uh,
0: and yeah, no, again, we see these fucked up POV shots of him like rocking the rocking chair while she's like asphyxiated. It's
1: so upsetting.
0: Mrs. Mac, the house mother, is wandering around. She's got booze stashed everywhere. I just wanted to mention her. She's not terribly important to the plot. No, but a she's great funny. Character.
1: Yeah, a great character. She's got that, like, perfect sorority mother thing going on where, like, she seems to love and resent them all kind of in equal measure.
0: Yeah, I love the little detail that um, she was like a, she used to be like a vaudeville girl. Yeah. And so she has like that record of like her and her sister. Yes. Like, and it's just incredible, like, this world feels so lived in. And it's like,
1: very lived in. It doesn't in.
0: need to be. This is a low budget slasher. And it's no, like, but it
1: feels very real.
0: It's impressive. A lot of character stuff in between this. Again, Jess is pregnant doesn't want to have the baby. Her boyfriend at the conservatory, Peter mm-hmm. is just livid about it.
1: He seems to be kind of going through some stuff emotionally anyway. Like he's really trying to figure out like how what does, he, wants to does do. he Yeah, does he want to stay in music? There's a point when after he finds out she's pregnant where he's like, "We, I'm going to drop out of school and we're going to get married. And I don't know what he thinks he's going to do after that. But like he they're leaving this kind of life behind and they're going to just go right towards like married well, life he has a, a baby. he has a big
0: performance like a big recital um it doesn't go the way he planned it doesn't go the way he planned he ends up destroying the piano with a microphone stand because he's just
1: he is out of control
0: yeah and i then... mean he's the red herring right i mean yes we should just say he's not the killer but for most of the movie up until the very end of the movie we're supposed to think he is because he is acting so unhinged and yes. violent
1: yes and he's like sneaking around the house a little bit too much yeah. to be normal. Like, she doesn't know, just doesn't know he's there and he's there. He's breaking ornaments on their Christmas tree. Like, he is not behaving normally.
0: But it's the way that we'll loop around back to this, that I think that this movie definitely, like, has a feminist thrust to it, at least. Absolutely. That it is about, I mean, it's literally about her wanting to have an abortion and uh, her right to do that. Despite this man's yeah. protestation, and
1: she's not like, punished for it in any no. way
0: at all, no. e-
1: even sub subconsciously by the movie, I think. Also, alongside this kind of in in a similar vein, that Claire obviously has not been seen since last night. Nobody saw her in the morning. This kind of stuff's going on, and her father is arriving. But they, I think. One of the girls tries to like report her missing before her father ever does. Yeah. She goes to the, are they like the police or are they the campus police? They are
0: the actual police.
1: She goes to the police to try to be like, hey, one of my sisters is missing. What are you going to do about it? And they do the classic like, oh my God, she's with her boyfriend. Calm down. You're fine. Relax.
0: I mean, Barb doesn't make things better. Barb fucks with the the guy there. Barb is never making things better. (laughs) She's making things more difficult for everyone all the time. She's making the movie better, because I love her.
1: True, that's fair.
0: I don't... If I, if she was an actual friend of mine talking about watching all the animals fuck at the zoo, I don't know that I would oh want my to God. hear that. But you know what? In this movie, an icon. <laughs> uh, yeah, none of them are especially concerned. Until it, the
1: father well, gets involved, I think.
0: Well, also, there's a... Like, they find a dead body, like, later that day. Yes. A townie. Uh, of a townie. Like, not... Well, there's also the – I re- just remembered the background that, like, a girl was raped a few weeks ago.
1: Yes. That actually I, – I also just remembered as we said that because that was the horrible – one of the horrible things that – That Barb says. That Barb yeah. says about the townie.
0: Um, so now there's a real murder that they're actually trying to solve and not, oh, Claire hasn't been seen for 24 right. hours.
1: But so they're all kind of balancing that because they do they do start to care a little bit more when – because it's during a search party for Claire that they find that body. So, yes. like, they are actively looking for her. When Claire's father got involved, things got a little bit more serious. Um, also, when they involved Claire's boyfriend, right? Yeah. When they're like, she's not with her dad. She's not with her boyfriend. She's not with one of the men. Where could she be? Now she's really missing. So there's obviously that element as well.
0: Also, her dad gets to be, gets to be, I'm saying this, like, from a from a meta point of view, like, a shitty, um, too conservative... Dad, who's like really restrictive, he's in Claire's room looking through her stuff, and yeah. Mrs. Mac is trying to like cover up her like,
1: like lewd posters. Her lewd
0: posters, and it's like he doesn't want Claire to be her own person. He's like so strict, right? Like yes. And, and again, the movie knows this is bad. The yes. movie is like criticizing him for it. Right? Absolutely,
1: really surprising for seventy four.
0: Way ahead of its time. So then Mrs.
1: Mac dies.
0: She gets hooked.
1: Yeah, right as she's finding the body, which is just—it's so.
0: The body, which, by the way, is in the attic the whole time. The whole time.
1: It's so frustrating that we're sitting there going like, all right, we know she's missing. No one's no one's looking in the house at all. It's unbelievable. So finally, Mrs. Mac, why does she go upstairs? She's chasing know? the cat who's been oh, missing.
0: Oh, the cat. The whole time.
1: Um, And she stumbles upon the body and right as she sees it, she gets hooked in the face. Yeah. It's just one of those horror movie things where you're like, God, we were so close. And I actually wrote down, I think it was at this point, or a little bit later after this, when I was like, what is the runtime of a horror movie, the longest runtime before people, like, realize there's a killer? Yeah. Like, obviously, at this point, they know Claire's missing, and they're looking for her.
0: But they don't know about murder. They don't know
1: that it's, like, a murder, and especially, like, a slasher, serial murder kind of thing going on in the house. And so I was like, God, when are they going to realize that, like, Claire's missing, Mrs. Mac is missing, like work this is this is more serious than anyone really realizes and it takes um an unbelievably long time
0: yeah barb and phil get killed kind of off screen concurrently. they're they're, well barb gets killed and then phil comes in to discover it and gets killed yeah and the killer puts their mangled bodies together all the while the police have set up a trace yeah on, on the the phone so every time there's an obscene phone call which punctuates these scenes um to try to keep them on the line long enough to. It's actually really interesting. I don't understand the mechanics of it all. Me neither, but, but they've it's got so somebody. Cool to see it, yeah. They've got a guy, a cop at the phone company running around checking like what looked like servers. Yeah. I don't know how phones worked in 1970. And they had to
1: do it like a couple times because either way you can't tell like where it's coming from.
0: Um. But I think it actually works with tension really well. The wiretapping and the lingering on things in bedrooms, there's like a glass unicorn that like yeah. it keeps lingering on that's like it's the tension it's like really freaky
1: it's really frightening and the way that the phone calls start to escalate because this is what like really got me about this movie is the first phone call extremely lewd extremely obscene very sexual and then they very obviously very chilling i'm going to kill you so scary but what starts to happen is almost like lore starts to be developed where there's billy and there's agnes and there's like a father and a mother and a baby. Well, there's all... the
0: Little Baby Bunting song. Yes. there's like a real A real thing. song.
1: They don't want Billy to do something. Billy is like going to do something. And like, it's like, there's like this whole, where's Agnes? Billy, where's Agnes? It's all the voices. There's times where I was like, I actually can't tell if this is only one person. Because the voices seem yeah. to be layering in a way that actually would imply that there's multiple people up there. So like, we don't know where... Like, what is happening at all? There's this, it's very mysterious and so unbelievably frightening. And I just
0: want to say, again, sorry to zoom ahead a little bit, to this movie's credit, it's never explained.
1: It's never, oh my god. It's so frustrating and maddening, but I do think it's the right move.
0: I love it. It's like, it is, yeah, it's, it makes it more horrifying. I agree. We'll talk about the ending in a sec, but yeah. like, I think that like, it makes, it strikes more fear into your heart. Yes. It being unexplained. Yes. And unresolved. Yes. Anyway.
1: So we've got this phone call situation. They're tapping the phones. They're like, keep him on the line for a little bit longer. She actually also gets a call from
0: Peter. Who also sounds unhinged.
1: Unhinged. Um. Oh, this is what I was going to say. Also, when they were having their little fight earlier at the house, he said something like, you're going to kill our baby like you'd remove a wart. And then when they're listening to the phone calls later and the police are actually on the line with her the phone call says the same thing. They say something like to remove, just like removing a ward or to remove a ward or something like that. So you see it that she's like, oh my God, it's him. Yeah. Or like, they how do they know that? Like there's some element there and the police don't really get the truth out of her that it was Peter who said that, but they clearly know that something yeah. was bothering her and they're like, okay, putting the pieces together. Um, It's one of my favorite parts actually that they, um, the police chief Saxon, he goes to the she's like he might be in the rehearsal room that's where he is sometimes and he goes and there is just a like a shot of him standing in the front of the piano with the microphone stand like smashed through it and he's like yeah like you can see <laughs> in his face and he's like i think i have an idea who the killer could be <laughs> which is so good yeah but then so he's off looking for peter the the chief and the kind of like bumbling incompetent the Keystone
0: Cop idiot asshole
1: yeah. uh cop dumb cop is the one that's on the phone like with Jess trying to figure out like what's going on and he gets a call from or I guess Saxon does they're all kind of communicating yeah. gets a call from the cop who's at the phone company and he's like the call is coming from this house and he's like no that's you dumbass like that's where the call's going into and he's like it's also coming from there so then we get the iconic which I did not know is from this movie. I only ever heard it as part of this like babysitter urban legend. Um, we get the the calls coming from inside the house moment, which is huge.
0: Yeah. So when a stranger calls,
1: terrifying. Gets honestly,
0: all the credit for this.
1: Yeah. It's Five years after this, unbelievable. I had no idea. Like I don't know when the urban legend came from. Like I don't know what the origin the 50s of that I'm is. Sure. But like the fact that I would only ever associate that with When a Stranger Calls, horrifying because it's so good in this. It's incredible. It's so scary. It's so unbelievably scary. And they do it. There's a nice moment earlier when they say, like, Mrs. Mac has her own phone line, but no calls are going into there. Yeah. But they're not checking
0: if any calls are being
1: made made from there. Amazing. Such a good setup and payoff. I freaking love it.
0: So then they tell Jess this, uh, and the cop is, bless his heart, doing his best to be like- Oh,
1: bless his heart. Bless the cop's heart.
0: Uh, (laughs) You're not Southern enough. Don't say that I'm Southern enough. I'm more Southern than you. Tries to tell Jess, get out of the house. Just go. Please just leave. Please just leave. She does not listen. No. Which, to be fair, these cops have not been helpful thus far. No, I don't
1: know that I would either. All of her friends live there. Like, it's a... Well, her friends are
0: upstairs. She doesn't know that they're dead yet. Right. She has to go get them. Then the movie does something really smart and interesting, which is that we get a Jess POV shot going up the stairs, when thus far, all of the POV shots in the movie have been of the killer.
1: That is so interesting. it
0: is so... It's such a cool twist using this visual language in the opposite way to still instill fear, but from the eyes of the... the uh, victim. The potential victim. Yeah. Um. Again, show us something five times in the course of the movie, and then an hour and ten minutes in, use it back against us. It's so good. The other thing that it does is it does, like, all these static shots of the staircase or just the rooms. Um. That is so clearly inspiration for John Carpenter's Halloween, which does the same thing Mm -hmm. of, it's just showing you a part of a house. There's no, there's nobody popping out. There's no jump scare. It's just where, where is Yeah.
1: Where could he be? He's here somewhere.
0: And it's, it's incredible in Halloween. It's my favorite thing. The end of Halloween is, um, all of the shots of the suburban streets with the, the wonderful music playing because Michael has disappeared. And again, unspoken, the implication there is he's, he's there. He's everywhere. He's in, he's in your neighborhood. Yeah. You know, your neighborhood looks like this. This is where it is. And this film is like sort of setting the stage for John Carpenter to do that. When I, I really love it. I love these static shots and this taking us around the house. Yeah. It, it works really well for me.
1: I agree. So she still doesn't get out of the house. She's very scared. She discovers the bodies. She discovers the then bodies. And she gets chased. Um, what, does she know that they're like, does she see a person?
0: She sees the eye. So we never oh, right. fully see the killer the here. Eye. We see the eye. That part is so
1: scary. <laughs> Does he say something? I feel like he says something and it's so fucking upsetting.
0: I think he's doing his like, daddy's gone hunting or one of his Billy is like. Yeah. Oh no, he's, he's doing a, um like, don't tell them what we did, Agnes. Yes. Oh my yeah. God. It's so scary. It's so frightening. so upsetting. And you
1: just see his eye and it's got this weird little like red tint to it. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so frightening. But she like kind of slams the door on him. Runs away. And runs away. And winds up in the basement. And she's hiding in the basement. And she can see someone um, walking around the house. Because she can see them in the windows. And we obviously are like, it's the killer. He knows where she is. He's he's hunting her. And then he comes into view. And it's Peter.
0: Yeah. Her boyfriend. He kicks in the window. He
1: like, it's insane. He's like... He's he's acting somewhat normal like as if he's just looking for her cuz he's just going like "Jess, Jess, are you in there?" but then he fully smashes through the window and comes in and is like "Jess, are you okay?" like are you are you in here?" and he like he's kind of walking towards her and she has a fireplace poker.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh smash cut to yeah, the, the police, police arriving. arriving looking for her. They hear her screaming in the basement. They go find her. And she has killed Peter. Yeah, with she the has poker. defended herself with the poker.
1: Unbelievable choice to not include this fight scene. I agree. I love it, but it's it's really surprising
0: and so unusual. It makes I love it so it. much more chilling. I love it. Then, um, I think that they state her. They do. They she is Jess is like laying down in the house, and they're like, "Listen, she's been through some trauma." Yeah, um,
1: Claire's dad's with her. Phil's boyfriend is there. Like all the all of the men we've seen yeah. are kind of gathered around her. There's
0: this wonderful little detail where they're talking about like um, the hospital is too full up to like handle all these bodies. They have to go to a yeah. different hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, all these men are around, and it's just. It's incredible. It's Evan bait, but it's incredible. It's this one long static shot outside the doorway of her laying in bed and all these men and they're like picking stuff up and they're all leaving and you hear them leave. And there's this
1: like, there's this feeling in the beginning, like they're like, okay, someone's going to stay with her because we all have to go do the other things. Yeah. But you realize as they all start moving around that they never really decide who that's going to be or they decide that it's going to be Claire's dad, but then he faints. So then these men have to get him out of here because he's just obviously like, yeah, catatonic with pain and you know like his he's lost his daughter um they still haven't found her though by the way they found these other two bodies they still have not found anybody else it's only phil and uh barb at this point yeah um and peter's body and so they these two officers have to help him out and then saxon has to go do so his thing and um the boyfriend has to go tell phil's parents yes so you suddenly realize, as this is all going on, that like everybody's leaving, yeah. and all the lights are being turned off, and it's like I'm sitting there watching like, no, 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 someone someone stay with her. like, why are they all leaving? It's like it's horrifying to watch. and then all the lights go out. you hear like doors closing, yep, house completely silent. Do we travel back up the stairs again?
0: no, so it's 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 she's on the second floor, mm-hmm. and the camera just pans. It's just this long shot, and it stops to the, in a doorway the
1: ladder right and it you
0: know, pans some more mm. and it stops on a doorway it's oh the same God. thing that that john carpenter does in halloween right just a all letter. the places and as we get closer we hear footsteps above mm-hmm. the sound design of this movie is yeah, so good unbelievable. but we hear footsteps and then as we get closer and closer we hear again the
1: the singing the talking
0: the the mumbling that this guy does to himself all the time
1: and we see the rocking chair again
0: and we see the rocket chair, and then it's uh the Yeah, shot. so so Mrs. Mack and, and Claire's bodies are still up there, still the killer's still up there, and Jess is the sleep of the house. Yeah. Then it cuts to uh, an exterior shot, um, like a faraway exterior shot of the sorority house. I thought and... it, doesn't it zoom out? I
1: thought it goes out the window and then it zooms out because you can see her in the window of oh, the you're attic. Right. And then it goes kind of out and down. So you can see that, like, if you just stood in the street. And looked up at the attic. I'm getting chills talking about this. You would see yeah. her face, and yet there's all these police cars still down there. People fucking walking around. Nobody looking up. Nobody is looking up. It's unbelievable.
0: And then the phone starts ringing. Oh god. And the credits roll, and as the credits roll, the it's phone so, is just ringing.
1: So chilling. Over I'm like and over gonna again cry
0: throughout the whole thing. I love that you're having this reaction to this podcast several days after Uh, watching it because it is such a because this is how I felt watching like horrified. Is that I
1: was sitting there watching again that shot of her face in the window that you can still see at the end, listening to that phone ring, like on the brink of tears. Like I wrote in my my letterbox review for this movie that I have not been this upset by a horror movie by any movie in a really long time. Like it takes a lot for me these days to really fuck me up. And I have been thoroughly fucked up, like really, truly so upset.
0: It's a testament to how incredible this movie is. It's, an, because, it's amazing. Again, it's so, everything it does is is really simple. We just broke down all of its tricks. Yeah, too. and it's resonating and with it's 40 just,
1: years after it came out. Like unbelievable. Oh
0: I think God. there are people, there are film people who know that this is the masterpiece that it is. There are a lot of people who have no idea. I would have no idea. And it's it's really unfortunate. Again,
1: because the... Like, I always knew just from like anecdotally that this was better than the, yeah, the 06 and the 2019. Um, but I didn't know how much. The same way that you're like, oh yeah, like the Friday the 13th is better than the remake. Like usually it is. Yeah. This is like so many leagues ahead of both of those movies. I can't even communicate it. And insane to think that I actually think it's more progressive yeah, well, in a lot of ways than the 2019. In
0: that. I want to talk about both of those. Um, I just want to say also that like the fact that not just that this ends and resolved with the killer literally still in the house, bodies not found, and Jess vulnerable. The fact that we never get a good look at his face as an audience. Right. Because we spend a lot of time with the killer that no other character does, right? So like right, we know some of his, his tics. Eyes. We know some of his stuff. But it's, yeah, it's a POV shot. We don't see his face. We don't know what he looks like. It's the same thing as the 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 fear at the end of Halloween. He could be anywhere. Yeah. He could be anyone. Yeah. This killer could be anyone.
1: Any any person. Because we know nothing about him by the end.
0: None of his motivations. We know that he has eyes. Uh I think he's, <laughs> and
1: hands. I and think an, he's brunette.
0: Yeah. I think we see in the like we low see light. When yeah. she
1: like sees him, yeah, we see him like behind the bag really early on. But yeah. nothing Barely. identifying at all at
0: all. It's so
1: And there's no sense of whether or not What is happening to him is like purposeful to mess with her and them. Yeah. Or whether he's like severely mentally ill.
0: Yeah.
1: Or, and like in that vein, are these real memories that like happened to him? Is he caught in some sort of loop of his own mind? Or did he invent this?
0: Like, we have no idea. We have
1: no idea. His motivations
0: are totally unclear. Completely mystery. All we have is at the beginning that he like sees them and he climbs up the trellis and starts calling them. Like, it's un. Believable, truly one of the implications there that i find interesting is that um we again this is not explained this is conjecture but uh it makes sense if the motor that they talk about at the beginning of the movie has nothing to do with this guy if these are different obscene phone calls totally that women groups of women especially are just subjected to this violence i'm
1: sure that like
0: and again, the men, the the police officers, don't take it very seriously. No, like, but I'm
1: sure that that was a thing in the in the 70s that people gross perverts would just call sorority houses. Doesn't that just seem like something that 100%. they would do? Like that's and just the fact very. That
0: they, they conflate a, a serial killer in their house making obscene phone calls with some any other guy yeah. playing pranks on them. Is just like part of the tragedy of this movie, right?
1: And that her boyfriend is like could be many levels of deranged, but he gets blamed like it's there's just so much interesting there of like he could be re- he's kind of reacting in a lot of ways that a lot of men do he's a normal possessive
0: yeah. misogynist yes like, yes not a serial killer possessive misogynist right.
1: but where's the line the line's thin
0: that's what this movie's about yeah that's also what black christmas 2019 is about is that all men are potential yes. monsters yes um so let's talk about both so 2006 i wish i
1: remembered it better
0: no, I mean, I don't want to watch it again, I don't wanna, but I wish I, I remembered it better. I don't want to go too much into it. 2006 is an actual remake. It's about a killer hiding in the attic and, and picking off the sorority girls one by one. Um, it, it, it's made terribly. It's a terrible script. It adds a lot of backstory. It's like, we need to explain what's up with this. It
1: starts with him in prison and escaping. That's yes. like, that's the main thing I remember from that movie. Like I remember nothing else and about it. And he shot I like, the,
0: um, the, the yellow bastard stuff from Sin City. I don't know if that means anything to you. It does not. Okay, well, <laughs> It's really... Stupid! It's just a bad 2000s right remake. It's very bad, especially compared to the original. I, was gonna, like, I
1: like a lot of them. You know this. Yeah. and the fact that I didn't like it means it's got to be pretty damn bad.
0: 2019, Sophia call one, um we are in the minority among enlightened, intelligent, thoughtful, progressive. I would say both yeah. of us are horror fans that we hated it. The group of people who hated it were like. misogynist MAGA dudes who are like, this is like a war on men. We hated it because it is, I will speak for you. I think it's like, it's specifically like talking down to its audience in the most pandery, bullshit, fake feminism way. It's fake
1: feminism. That's the thing. That's what it is. And it's so unfortunate that so many people like it because I I feel like, did you just not engage with it at the level that I did like i mean it it sounds so demeaning that i'm like you guys just don't get it but like i was horrified by how misogynistic i found it and it was like it went 75% in terms of like thoughtful feminism and
0: but that ends up making it more misogynist because correct. it's like it's painting with these stereotypes that yes. it's like and it is in fact like punishing
1: this. women for you know the many things that
0: they do it is literally a nice guy movie like yeah it's about like the nice guy being the savior which is insane
1: yeah it's pretty horrifying and it's just it's again it's it's engaging in the most like twitter tumblr like surface level engagement and honestly probably like Not now like,
0: it's like t-shirt feminism
1: yeah it's like well, I also think there's a, there's a world. Where the dogs I'm, are
0: the witches. You could burn. I'm level curious.
1: Feminism. I'm curious at this point how turfy it comes across. Oh because yeah. Because that's actually where that kind of feminism, especially these days, has led us. Yes. Is like all women are in danger of being raped at all times by men. So guard guard your your precious fragile womanhood, girls, because all those scary men are out to rape you at all times. Yeah. And like that leads to rad femme turfiness. Yeah. Like, that's what that is. So, like, I am now so, so, so... Cautious. Cautious of that kind of feminism. Um, I see it everywhere I look now, even even by women who obviously, like, would never think that they're doing that. But, I, again, I don't want to well, rewatch even- this movie, but I'm so curious now, looking back on it, if, that, if those were the beginnings of the stirrings of what made me so uncomfortable when I watched
0: it. The problem is that, like, even the... And we don't have to go all the way down this rabbit hole, but, like, even the innocent... Scare quotes around innocent, like, deployment of that language is at best still not considering trans womanhood. No. It's just not thinking through what they're saying often. That's what I'm saying. And it's not, right? not as bad as outright turfdom or the.
1: No, but that's how turfs recruit, right? That's That's how they recruit. That's what scares me so much all the time is I'm like, if you get trapped in that level of thinking, then it's so easy for a turf to come online and be like, I know, isn't it so scary to be a woman these days? All of those scary men out to get into our bathrooms and locker rooms and rape us. Like that is literally where it takes you. And it's, I know this is like, now we're getting getting political. But like it really, comparatively to Black Christmas 74, which I do think is like, so surprisingly progressive and feminist, and just amazing, like really amazing that it, it feels like something that I can really relate to. Uh, Forty years later, it's just amazing.
0: I find it fifty years later. I find it. Oh my god, Jesus Christ! I hate time. <laughs> I, I hate find it. it like especially frustrating because to try to take Black Christmas and like make it hashtag Me Too woke, you know? Yeah, um, is. Inherently, such a misguided, stupid thing to do because, again, everything you need is there in the original.
1: Right, you're like, not updating it in any way. That's what it felt like. That's what. That's do what I the... want
0: women writing and directing horror movies? Absolutely. Do I want yes. them writing and directing fun slashers about women and their experiences? 100. Absolutely. But these men who were probably born in the 30s and 40s and 50s did a better job 50 years ago than these women. It's who did so and that
1: sucks. It sucks so much, and I think that it is like this. Um, Pardon me while I get a little deep. Obviously, in so many ways, the, fu- the the future, the present that we live in is more progressive than the past. That's obviously very true. However, I think that is really misguided in a lot of ways when people make art now and they're like, I'm going to take this shitty 70s movie and I'm going to make it for the, for the people of today. And I'm like, no, you're completely discounting that progressive people have always existed. They have always made art. There have always been people I mean, for the last 200 years who were, who knew what was right and they made art about it and they, to, to suggest that anything made pre 2000 is like garbage and needs to be updated and everything made post 2000 is elevated and like, so, oh now now we really know. Um, absolutely not tons of offensive art being still being made all the time, constantly. And the more you try sometimes to make it like of the times and super progressive, the more that it looks terrible a few years later when trends change. And like, I just think that it's, it's insulting. It insults like me as a person and the decades and decades and decades of great filmmakers and writers that we've seen yeah. to suggest that like I'm going to make Black Christmas in 2019 and obviously going to take those terrible outdated politics and fix them is just like it, it really rubs me the wrong way.
0: I agree completely with what you're saying to steer this back to a yeah. uh, <laughs> back on <onto laughs> off <them>. the soapbox <laughs> um, again even though I concur the fashion in this movie rocks.
1: Oh yeah it's the best. The opening
0: scene Margot Kidder is wearing like a thick black choker necklace yeah. that is like would fit in today Olivia Hussey in that same scene actually has this sweater with these like white hands on it.
1: Oh my god, yes. It
0: looks incredible. I encourage you to Google it. It's amazing. I want that sweater. It's
1: a very stylish movie in a lot of ways. Yeah, and obviously, Young like,
0: women in Torrey right House is absolutely like up on the style. Like, yeah, it's so. Totally. It makes sense that these women would be. I know that specifically that this is a low budget production. A lot of them brought their own clothes. Makes sense. Uh, because they couldn't costume everybody. Right. And like, <laughs> this is just like. Young woman actors who brought their wardrobe and it's like, it's like, it's immortalized in this movie. Mm-hmm.
1: I actually said to you at one point, um, we were seeing Mrs. Matt get dressed to like go out into the the world. And I was like, why don't we have hat pins anymore? <laughs> why is that? Why'd that stop? Only 50 years ago, women could put on a hat and put on a hat pin so that their hat wouldn't blow away. My hat is always flying off my head. Why can't I? Br- Let's bring back hat pins. I love it. I'm ready to just <laughs> hop back into 70s. Uh fashion
0: you know there's only one option here what's that are you ready to uh asphyxiate this on a garbage bag
1: yikes yes sadly yes but i i will i will carry this movie in my brain and heart forever um i encourage all of you to watch it even if we just spoiled it all for you the um the vibes alone just unbelievably terrifying
0: and you know what rewatching it it's no less scary it really isn't it really <laughs> fucked me up when we watched it this week uh, it's it's really upsetting
1: yeah in the best way possible Incredible in, the, in the way that i want to be by horror movies
0: would you like to roll the roulette and see what our first movie of 2022 is gonna oh be oh my
1: gosh rolling the roulette
0: that's <laughs> only been it. one episode
1: i know but it still feels so novel
0: all right our next movie will be
1: hell house llc
0: oh I've never seen this. This is a really You know
1: about it? Yeah, this is oh, a really well regarded this.
0: Our friends over at Let the Right Films In uh podcast are big fans of this and its sequels.
1: Ooh, I'm very
0: interested. Where's it streaming?
1: It is streaming on Prime.
0: Wonderful. This is exciting. I've heard really good things about this.
1: This has good um like vibes to me. Oh yeah? Yeah, just you know like the kind of movies I like where there's a group of people and they're getting killed. <laughs> You know, yeah. <laughs> you know this is a horror podcast. And you know how I like horror movies. I think I'll be into that.
0: This is also on Shutter, for the record.
1: Oh, is it? Yeah. Nice. I'll probably wear the ratchet on Shutter, honestly. Prime has let us down, and it's Prince before twice now.
0: I've got nothing else to say. <laughs> you, just... <laughs> <laughs> you know, a movie with group people they killed. Yeah, like I'm. Um, yeah, I'm all. I'm sold. You're right. But that's all I need. Uh. So, yeah, hellhouse LLC. And until then, you can check us out on our website on nowscreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook at Now Screaming. Come talk about us, about groups Evan's of people. Evan's brain getting is killed. broken. <laughs> you just broke me. <laughs> <laughs> Come talk to us about groups of people who's uh, who get killed and how much you like if it. Only on there Twitter was like a
1: genre that you could watch about groups of people and they all get
0: killed. <laughs> uh, be sure to leave us a rating and a review. Considered a Christmas present for you guys. Yeah, to I was us. Say
1: they make our 2021 send us out with a little, you know,
0: gift basket of five-star of, reviews of appreciation. We love to see it. Thank you, as always, to Wes Craven, and to Wes Craven for making nasty little independent horror films that let something like this happen. I think that uh, Last House on the Left is a clear precedent for this, mm. and he continued to have a lot of bite to him as his career progressed. Yeah, where some of his peers. Like, I don't know, Bob Clark mellowed out and made a Christmas story yeah. and uh, <laughs> Porky's and the Porky sequels. Hilarious, honestly. Just shout out to Wes Craven. I know we Always. did that, I think, last week, too, that our Wes Craven was Wes Craven. We also did thank Wes Craven last week twice. <laughs> I'm just saying, Wes Craven deserves thanks.
1: Oh, we need to thank him so many times before Scream 5 comes out and there's, you
0: know... Should we cover that on the podcast? Maybe. That'd be fun.
1: That would be fun. I mean, yeah. It's so sad because it's coming out on my birthday. And I probably am not going to like it. And so, I mean, I'm I'm holding out some level of hope. But I hope they just don't put too much disrespect on Wes Craven's name.
0: Fingers crossed. I'm nervous. Ooh, I'm scared. Well, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Happy New Year, everybody. And stay spooky. And stay spooky.
1: Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Happy New Year. (laughs)